Hello and welcome to the Florida Peanut Podcast. I'm Noah Walker and joined in studio today, I have two awesome individuals. One that you know very well, and that's Laura Fowler-Goss, the Executive Director and Fearless Leader of the Florida Peanut <laughs> Federation. And joining us, we have Miss Kelly Aw, who is with the Swanee River Partnership and she is the Outreach Coordinator of the Swanee River Partnership. Welcome. And Thanks. of course, I am Noah Walker with All Things Visual Marketing. Uh, Kelly, welcome to the studio. Laura, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, super glad to have you guys yep. both here. Kelly, why don't you tell us what you do with the Swanee River Partnership? And I oh, would say you, yep. her title is deceiving because there's a lot of people she has to keep happy in her role. <laughs> I'm told that I should just be called a cat herder at this point in time. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's a lot that happens with the Swanee River Partnership, but not, it's, it was something that was formed in 1999. So it's been in partnership for a very long time. It was formed with FDAC's Office of Ag Water Policy and also uh, University of Florida. And it has since morphed to include Florida Department of Environmental Protection, the Swanee River Water Management District, and a whole bunch of other people that are part of that. We initially started being focused in 1999, they were formed to really help in the dairy industry because mm -hmm. dairy farmers needed a lot of help with just being able to reduce their impact and get some funding to help them move a little bit further in their practice. But that has changed now because uh, with the laws that are in place, we're a little bit more focused on other nitrogen users. And mm -hmm. so we, we work a lot with trying to help reduce our water and nutrient impact in the Swanee River Basin. So this is a localized position. Is this position duplicated throughout the state? It is not. Um, there's similar partnerships in other places, but it's not like this. And okay. so we knew you were special. <laughs> yeah. We knew you special. were special. <laughs> so this position, it it is grant funded. So it's grant funded okay. through FDAC's Office of Ag Water Policy, but Florida Department of Environmental Protection pays into that. The Swanee River Water Management pays into that. But I'm housed at the University of Florida. I'm out actually at the Live Oak Research Center, yeah. the North Florida Research and Education Center, Swanee Valley. And I like to say I'm there because we're Switzerland, we're not regulatory, and so I'm able to do some education things that that kind of goes across all all sides. Okay, so the outreach that's in your realm, is that to producers or consumers or both? It's a little bit of both, although we are very focused on producers and agriculture, because if we if we think the reason why this position is in existence right now is because of the basin management action plans that are in place in the Swine River Basin and the Santa Fe River Basin. Okay. And that so the if you don't know what a basin management action plan is, we have to reduce take for example the Swine River Basin, we have to reduce the amount of um, total daily maximal load of nitrogen into the Swine River Basin mm. by 4.2 million pounds in the next 20 years. Who's, who made up that? Who came up with that? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> it was, like, was that like a legislative deal? So I recently found this out. This, this all stems from a law that was put in place in 1999, and I cannot remember what it's called, but it was a federal law oh. that was kind of put into place, which also, if you think about the Swine River Partnership, was formed then. And then there's been like the Clean Water Act other things that have got happened. it so but the bmats are directly through um, Florida Department of Environmental Protection okay why are people so scared of them 
I don't know why they're so scared of it. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for us. Okay. I like to say that farmers farmers are the bigger piece of the pie in the Swanee River Basin. I like to say that we have opportunities for change or we are the solution for the change. I don't ever like to come at someone saying they're a problem. But I think we have a lot of opportunities in this BMAP to really help growers be able to advance their best management practices to really start making to reduce their water and nutrient load which in turn means that they're spending less money which means hopefully they're making more money because because i was thinking this is still this is still her introduction noah but i was thinking like okay you're asking old old men to change that's that's one thing but then also what's in it for them and and you just said it there that that cost savings is more important now than ever yeah yeah, and also they want to continue to be able to farm the land, right. so they got to have the resources to be able to do that. Yeah, okay. and we want to keep farmers in business here. I mean, we, we do not want North Florida to become a chopped up, kind of like South no. Florida is with developments. Like, we are trying our best to figure out solutions to help keep farmers in business. There we go. Okay, mm-hmm. very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you told us a little bit about the history and, and when it was formed and how it was formed, but when we say Swanee River Partnership, who are the partners in that partnership? Oh, so good question. the partners are the funding agencies that I told you about, which is FDAC's Office of Water Policy, FDEP, Swine River Water Management District, University of Florida, IFAS. But then we also have environmental groups. We have um, like Audubon Florida is part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very active. We also have representatives from Georgia that's part of it because the Swine River Basin starts in yeah. Georgia. But basically, if you, you can think of a stakeholder, of course, we can't, we haven't, we don't have full representation of all the stakeholders. We're still trying to get that. But if you can think of a stakeholder that would be in the Swanee River um, Basin, that is who is part of our steering committee or the Swanee River Partnership. So we have growers, federal and state agencies, environmental groups. We Got try it. to encompass everyone. Stakeholders in the purpose of maintaining a, a nutrient rich but not a healthy environment yeah 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 interesting so what so the overall purpose is and i think that you you identified this a little bit was to decrease the nitrogen Mm -hmm. by now repeat that figure for us 4.2 million pounds yeah it that's in and that's in the swimmer basin it's a little bit different for the santa fe and it's kind of broken up but yes how far along in that goal Good are we? Question. <laughs> I think that we're halfway there, Noah. We're halfway there. <laughs> we've we've done a little bit of math, and I, if I had it in front of me, I could probably tell you exactly what the math is. But we we do have some projects that are underway that's really helped farmers reduce their nitrogen inputs by 50 pounds per acre. And when you add that up overall, we yeah. can reach that number halfway. If we could get every single farmer to reduce. How much they're putting on corn by 50 pounds mm. uh-huh. we, we would be halfway there at this point in time okay. and we are probably getting close but it's really hard it, i don't ever want to go to a farmer and ask him how much fertilizer or his fertilizers or records or anything like that that is happening but that's a regulatory thing not a partnership thing so. got it now is it just inputs what's targeted to to take out or is there um are there uh, I guess post mitigation factors like peanuts are, uh, if I'm if, if I'm wrong here, stop me on the science, right? So they're a legume, so they take nitrogen, they create their own nitrogen yeah. and help. So they don't need help take some out of, out of the environment too. So what um, what are some of those factors? Is it all just inputs? Just grow more peanuts, eat more peanuts. That's the answer. <laughs> 
but as a rotation, yes. they're important. Yes. It's right? A, yeah. Peanuts are a great rotation with corn. A lot of people in this area do corn, a uh -huh. corn peanut rotation. Yep. We even have a few um, of corn peanut carrots mm -hmm. rotation. Yep. That's how, I, can't, I can never remember if it's corn carrot peanuts or corn peanut <laughs> carrots. <and stuff>. Mm. <laughs> there's so many rotations out there, but, but there's a lot of different rotations that are happening. And those are very important because if you, we need to have the, we need peanuts behind corn to help take up yeah some of the last parts or you know be able to produce that nitrogen and corn can take that up whenever it gets mm -hmm. planted what is the uh, what is the end goal year for that decrease by 4.2 million pounds so the end year of yeah, when what, the 20 years what is the goal year oh 20 years so yeah it's okay. 20 years we've already hit the five-year mark i believe this year mm -hmm. there is some litigation that's in play and so i i don't want to get into that because we don't know exactly what's going to happen mm -hmm. so i like to think of we're still at status quo until that change happens so we're we're at the five-year mark right now very good yeah great well so that's the swanee river partnership yeah. its purpose a little bit of its history the partners of it you are part of the Swanee River Partnership as their outreach coordinator. What does that entail? So as the outreach coordinator, since I'm grant funded, I definitely have some deliverables that I have to hit. And the one main deliverable that I focus on is that we have quarterly meetings with our stakeholders. It's called the Swanee River Partnership Steering Committee meetings. And we, I take a lot of time to kind of listen to exactly what's happening in the environment of producers and then also on the environmental side, also listening to like what our partners and stakeholders need to learn a little bit more of. And mm -hmm. I try to plan these quarterly meetings with a field trip to go see that and also presentations to learn more about it. Because at the end of the day, we're using science-based solutions to reduce our water and nutrient impact. So. We're, we're trying to look into these more advanced best management practices yeah. and different things that are happening. How cool is that? So so it's, and working where you do, the, the research center, you probably have access to a lot of great uh, leads on what mm -hmm. you can teach them, right? Yep. Um, whether it's new rotation or new technology, what are some of those things that are on your guys' radar to, to teach producers? Now? So we, we have several projects that actually the partnership helped get funded. Nice. It was it was really amazing. One of the first major projects that I helped work on to get us some funding for it, it was a $1.8 million project. It's, wow. a, it's a five year project. And the reason why it's so expensive is because of the piece of equipment. So if you think about how corn or even peanuts are traditionally irrigated or fertigated or the nutrients are applied, it's usually broadcast over throughout right. the pivot irrigation system. So what we're looking into with corn specifically is side dressing, which means that you would apply nitrogen directly by the row. So it goes directly to the root system. And in between the rows, that's not wasted. Yeah, that's it's not, not wasted. put out unnecessarily. Yeah. So in order to, a lot of our job is at the research center is that we have to do a lot of research to prove that it will work. And so that's what we need to do. We need to do a proof of concept to show yeah. that if this would work on a larger scale. Right. So we have a crew that they, um, there's one person that he drives a Miller High Boy. It mean, and the whole purpose of this is that when uh, that corn reaches maturity, it can still go over that corn and not damage the plant. Mm -hmm. So they can still apply nitrogen directly by the row. And so he visits three farms a year and he does maybe half a pivot for a farmer. And it's just kind of comparing the difference between those two practices and we'll be doing that. We just hit our third year. And so we'll, we have two more years to go on that project. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And so that, 
that mach- that high boy machine is stationed at the research center, yep, right? It and is. It, it's dispatched from there, yep, basically. It is. I would say, and I'm totally making this up, but I would say 75% of Florida Peanut Federation peanut farmers also grow corn. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it, it's significant yes. um, in this podcast, and, and I want to drive it. I, I would love to drive it. takes down five. the highway. I want to go down the highway. I, it takes five computers to run that thing. Wow. I feel like you have to really know how to play video games in a way to run this okay, tractor. I don't know how to play Monopoly, Solitaire. <laughs> but yeah, there, we have one person that he is dedicated. He learned how to drive that, and that is his job. That's to drive awesome. That. Yeah, it's really cool to watch him do it. And, and you made that happen, like through your program. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's and mainly it was just um, I went I just brought them together and we just talked about it and we went we saw it in person of a farmer um, that actually did it that he retrofitted his tractor to be able to okay. do it for the first few passes, and that's what helped get it started. And, and so the data collection and keeping and, and analyzing, who does that for this program? It's the University of Florida. So it's, Okay. I mean, yeah. I was going to be really, really impressed with you. Yep. <laughs> yep. We, we have a regional specialized agent at our center. That's He is a, our water agent. Our oh, water Sudeep. Yep, Sudeep. Yeah. Sudeep Sudeep. And so he, um, it's his grad student that I think is probably cool. helping with yeah, all of that. Good. Yeah. Good, for, good for them. Yeah. Awesome. So this is a project. These are the kind of projects that you you gather your stakeholders on, yep. and they go out and they learn about this stuff. Who are some of your stakeholders? Yeah. So my stakeholders. I, I mean, you got it. We have um, Georgia Natural Resources, and so we have um, somebody that's up there. But we also have like Hugh Thomas, who's the executive director for the Swain River Water Management mm-hmm. District. He's part of it. We also have uh, the director of. Um, FDAC's Office of Agri-Water Policy. He's part of that as well. His name is Wes Gregory. And uh, we have, I mean, it's there's just so, there's a ton of people. If you look at my list of who all's involved, mm-hmm. there's a ton of people there. Part but of this it. is the kind of thing that they come out, they learn mm-hmm. from one of these field trips. It is voluntary, trips. yep. And then as the data is collected in their agency, so Swanee River Water Management mm-hmm. is seeing a, a, a flux or flow of, of nu- nutrients into the springs, they yeah. can say, hey, this statistical change could be caused by this new practice. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. And I think that probably the networking that goes on at those meetings, just the the simple conversational exchange of ideas can really bring up some enlightening points for the future projects and things. Yeah, and we have to have everybody that's part of the stakeholders. I mean, our environmental is just as important as our agriculture representatives because – they bring a different perspective right. and a different way to look at things, and are and we learn from each other. It's so mm-hmm. important. The other thing that I find, this is the thing that I I find more valuable besides getting projects, helping get projects move forward and funded, is that so many times these agencies are in meetings where they're pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, and this puts them on an equal ground and they're able to kind of back away and step out of their comfort zone and step out of like their offices and really be able to talk about what's going on. I love that. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's one thing to, to sit around the table with people versus yeah. sitting across the table. Yeah. It's very different than sitting around the table. Yeah. I think and, if you sit around the, around the table first, you can avoid sitting across the table. <laughs> <Yeah. with people laughs> 
That's important. Um, <clears throat> okay, so so we've talked about your stakeholder groups. What are some of the other deliverables that you have as part of your grant funding? So there's there's deliverables that are other meetings that we have to do, um, and a lot of this comes to the communication and outreach part of an education part of my position. We have I have something called the Swimmer Partnership Breakfasts that's kind of morphing into maybe a lunch and learn. There's mm -hmm. we're trying out different things to get more engagement because we do have growers that are part of that. And that's a great opportunity for people to come to these breakfasts, learn about what's happening in all the different groups, like the extension offices or what's happening on somebody's farm, and be, be able to pull some resources to help each other out. And then we also have something called the interagency ag team meeting, and that is more of an educational side of things. We do field trips on that as well. I really love field trips. Anytime that mm. I can get out from behind my computer, I love it so much. But other people do too. Yes. So I think that's awesome. And that it's a great opportunity to network during those meetings as well. But um, it's it gives a different perspective because we we do go look at different things that are happening on farms that people may not know about. So because the interagency ag team meeting is really focused on the agriculture side of yeah, what's cool. happening. Yeah, cool. And just talking science is boring. Yeah. But yeah. being able to apply or <laughs> see science applied, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yep. there's there's a huge difference there, and, and a lot of people learn much better that way. Yes. Yeah, and I think that leads to deeper questions yep. and more considerate thought yeah. once you can actually see instead of just read or listen to. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. What other projects are going on, Kelly? We have another project that just went into play this year, and it's the controlled release fertilizer pilot demonstration project. And okay, break yeah. that down for us. <laughs> so we controlled release fertilizer is different than what slow. A lot of people know slow release fertilizer. Mm -hmm. You can buy that in Lowe's or Home Depot, and it slowly releases fertilizer throughout the season. But controlled release fertilizer, the companies that make this, they look at weather patterns mm -hmm. and they take into account the crop growth cycle, mm -hmm. and they formulate the fertilizer to fit that the historical weather data as well as the growth pattern for that specific crop. So okay. it's not something that you can apply so it's to crop everything. specific. It's very yeah. cross, crop specific. We've done a lot of research with watermelon, corn, and carrots with nice. control release fertilizer. We can't really do any more research. We know it works. Okay. And so we needed to get to the point where um, we think we know that if we have to, we're going to have to hit that 4.2 million pounds. We've got to figure out other resources for farmers. Control release fertilizer is extremely expensive, and we are not cost sharing fertilizer. We are cost sharing the technology around it that makes it to where we are not having to use as much fertilizer. Okay. So we've had eight watermelon farms and three corn farms or producers that they have. Um, they're taking part of this pilot demonstration project this year, and we're paying them the difference between conventional fertilizer okay. and controlled release fertilizer. Very cool. And they're they're located here in the Swanee River Valley. Yep, they're located here in the Swanee River Valley. Yep. Awesome. How cool is that? So this is for their growing season of that crop coming yep, up. They'll is. just get one season worth through this program. We're we're testing it out to okay. see how it works, and because we. There's a there's two sides of this. We we know that growers are interested in this product. Yeah. We know that it's very expensive for growers, but we need to know. We've already learned things about how people manage it because the technology is not fully understood, and so okay. we're able to kind of realize where education is lacking to be able to get that out. But we 
it's it's really good for us to learn like is there actually going to be an interest in this on the grower side like are can they will they be able to use it themselves because a lot of times when we're doing it we are going and putting it out ourselves like yeah, the yeah. research we're going on farm and we're doing some of the work for them that's what i was thinking preliminarily in, in your opinion has this been more successful on smaller operations where it's literally the man putting it out yeah. or on larger operations where it, it can be um scaled e- yeah, pr- e- yeah proven on a larger scale yeah i think well if you think about watermelon farmers their fields are typically not they're not huge they're not the five hundred thousand yeah. acres yeah, that yeah, we yeah. see on corn yeah so it does it's interesting to watch how because we when we do it we usually take up a portion of the field we don't take up the entire when we were doing on-farm demonstrations and that's what's happening with this they're not we've asked them to select an acreage amount and okay. so we're only paying them, we're paying them $250 per acre. This is probably a funny question, but yeah. I assume it's like on a corner or something, but would it would it be a better test if it was smack dab in the middle? You know, so you could really yeah. see around it because so many things happen on those exteriors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great question. I would have to ask, so Bob Hockmuth is our regional oh, specialist agent. I'll, I'll <laughs> handle <special>. him. <laughs> So he's uh, he has really helped head, or he has been the guy that's really head this up on the watermelon side. Yeah. And I know for research projects, we always do it in the middle. It's not usually mm. on the outer edges. So we growers usually give us a few on um, watermelons. At least they give us a few rows, and we have them marked off. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Is there anything else that we should know about your purview as outreach coordinator or the Swan River Partnership? Just know we're here to help. And so if you are a grower that's wanting to learn more, I would love to talk to you. We mm-hmm. are definitely trying to figure out more ways to help growers. And it's very helpful for me to know what you see will be coming up in the next five years so I can start thinking about uh, the research that's backing that up and different things that we can do. Maybe we need to do some research on that or maybe it's time we've done the research and it's time to figure out funding for that. Um, one thing that we're focusing on next is looking into cover crops and yeah. cost sharing something to do yeah. with cover crops because that's so important for soil health. All of these mass emails I get that yeah. are just pounding in cover crops. Yep. And so we we are definitely looking into that next, but I need to know what's going on in your world in order yeah. for me to help you. And um, if and Joel Love, he's kind of my counterpart. He's on a very similar grant to what I am, but he is the uh, best management practice outreach or coordinator or educational guy that's at our center. And we work a lot together. And so sometimes he'll hear something out, the two of us will go out and we'll meet with a grower. Cool. We'll talk about what opportunities are out there. And then if it look, and then we'll start using our network of funders and bring them all out to say, okay, this is where this farmer wants to go in five years. This is how he sees things going. What can we do to help him get there faster? Very cool. So we try to take a holistic approach and but I need to know what's going on in order to do yeah. that. What's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you so that they can do that? So you can email me. That's probably the easiest way. And my email is kaue at ufl.edu. That's easier than mine. K-A-U-E. K-A-U-E <laughs> yep. at ufl.edu. Yep. And, and anybody that's got me on speed dial, you know, I'll forward yes. it to Kelly. But I think you've proven that 
that you're reasonable, you're relatable, you're willing yes. to go out into the field, mm -hmm. and and that you really have you know the these connections and contacts that can really benefit the growers in the end and, and that is the goal not only is, is that your goal through all your many acronyms of names of people that you yeah. work with and for and around but but the the farmers want to stay in business they want to take care of the land they want to take care of the water yeah. you know they they don't want to go in the hole on every crop you, mm -hmm. you know barring um whatever risk may come their way throughout the season and i just think this is a tremendous opportunity to get to know you a little better yeah and and really be a proponent in the future yeah. of Swanee River Partnership programs and activities. Yeah. I love that. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us here in studio. Uh, this has been the Florida Peanut Podcast. I'm Noah Walker with All Things Visual Marketing. We're joined today by Ms. Kelly Awe, who's the Outreach Coordinator for the Swanee River Partnership. And of course, our fearless leader and executive director, Laura Fowler-Goss of the Florida Peanut Federation. We hope you enjoyed this information. All of her contact information will be in the show notes, so check that out and have a wonderful day.